You're listening to Rowan Radio On Demand. Download more podcasts at rowanradio.com. The following program does not represent the views or opinions of the staff or administration of Rowan University or Rowan Radio. 89.7 WGLS-FM. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. And now, The Rowan Radio News Team. Good morning and welcome to The Rowan Report here on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM. I'm Allie Bruce with The Rowan Radio News Team. Some of this week's headlines include six states sue the Biden administration over the student loan forgiveness, the Nordic Stream pipelines have been sabotaged, and there was a fatal high school shooting in Philadelphia. Here's your national news recap for the week of September 25th. A new lawsuit is challenging the Biden administration's plan to forgive some student loan debt. Six states, including Missouri, are bringing the legal challenge. State Attorney General Eric Schmidt tweeted the move will saddle working families with even more economic woes and higher inflation. He added elite universities like Harvard and Yale can drain their endowments to pay for the loan forgiveness. Iowa is one of the six states filing to challenge the Biden administration's student loan cancellation plan. The challenge is filed in federal court in Missouri. It asked the court for an immediate temporary restraining order pausing the plan. The states claim that in addition to being unfair and economically unwise, they say it is an unlawful regulatory action. The suit is being filed by the attorney generals of five states, but not Iowa. Iowa is the only one of the six states that has a Democratic state attorney general, an elected position, and up for re-election this year. So the Iowa Solicitor General's office signed for Iowa's participation in the suit. Iowa's Republican Governor Kim Reynolds is also up for re-election this year. The lawyers for plaintiffs in an abortion rights lawsuit say they attempted to serve Texas's attorney general with a subpoena several times before he fled his home to avoid a process server on Monday. The Texas Tribune reports an attorney in the case emailed AG Ken Paxton's office last Friday about the subpoena and tried to deliver it that afternoon. His office said on Sunday the subpoena was invalid because it was served there instead of going to Paxton personally, which led to the incident the following day. Paxton claims the process server never introduced himself, but the server said in court he told the AG's wife he was there to deliver the documents. The judge in the case has since quashed the subpoena. The standoff continues between parents of the Uvalde school shooting victims in Texas and the city's school district. Brett Cross, who lost his son, met Thursday with the superintendent. Video of the meeting was broadcast on Cross's social media. We saw your guys sit outside while those babies were screaming, and you still did not have enough empathy to do anything about it, Cross stated. He and other families have been protesting for days at the district's headquarters. They want the school district's police officers fired. The district has launched their own independent investigation. One illegal immigrant is dead and two more were wounded in a pair of West Texas shootings. The FBI has joined the investigation near El Paso. Two of the victims were part of a group that was walking through the desert. They were at a watering station when two men in a pickup rolled up and started shooting. Twin brothers Michael and Mark Shepard are under arrest. 
Michael is a jail warden. A second shooting on Wednesday happened on Interstate 10. A Border Patrol agent was flagged down for a migrant who had been shot. The gunman is under arrest. It's unclear if the incidents are linked. Jenny Thomas still believes the 2020 election was stolen from former President Trump. So says the chair of the House January 6th committee. The conservative activist and wife of Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas interviewed with the panel Thursday. Chairman Benny Thompson didn't give further details, but said he was at least glad she showed up. Oakland police investigators say two of the six people shot Wednesday on a school campus are in critical condition. Another victim is listed as stable, while the other three were treated and released. A security guard, a counselor, and two students were among those injured on the King Estate campus. The campus houses a high school, a continuation school, and a technical school. Authorities believe there were at least two shooters who fired up to 30 rounds towards an intended target. There have been no arrests. The NAACP has filed a civil rights complaint against the state of Mississippi. They want the EPA to investigate the history of government funds related to drinking water in Jackson. The organization wants to know whether the state discriminated against the city in its administration of federal money for water infrastructure projects. Former Mayor Harvey Johnson is one of the nine plaintiffs in the case. A man who teaches at a San Jose area middle school is under arrest. 29-year-old Trey Owens of Hollister faces charges related to inappropriate communications with a student. Investigators believe Owens was sending sexually charged social media messages to a 14-year-old student at a nearby high school. The school district has sent in additional counselors to the two campuses while investigators continue to look into the case. A horrifying scene is reported in the central Texas town of McGregor, southwest of Waco. We have five people that are confirmed deceased. Texas Department of Public Safety Sergeant Ryan Howard says a man allegedly shot his wife and two children. When police arrived, they found two more bodies. One was in the street outside of the home and another in a nearby house. Police later shot the suspect, who is now hospitalized. None of the officers were injured. A man is in custody after allegedly firing shots at people who were doing work for the National Forest Service in Southern California. KABC-TV reports the three contract workers were doing their job for the Angeles National Forest in the mountain above Azusa. No one was hit by the shots. Officials have not yet released information about the suspect. I'm Allie Bruce, and that was your national news. This is Connor Brown with your international news report. All sources from the BBC... Ukraine has accused Russia of causing leaks in two major gas pipelines to Europe in what is described as a terrorist attack. Ukrainian presidential advisor Mikhailo Podolyak said the damage to Nord Stream 1 and 2 was an act of aggression towards the EU. He added that Russia wanted to cause pre-winter panic and urged the EU to increase military support for Ukraine. Seismologists reported underwater blasts before the leaks emerged. There's no doubt that these were explosions, said Bjorn Lund of Sweden's National Seismology Center, as quoted by local media. The operators of Nord Stream 2 warned of a loss of pressure in the pipeline on Monday afternoon. That led to a warning from Danish authorities that ships should avoid the area near the island of Bornholm. The operator of Nord Stream 1 said the undersea lines had simultaneously sustained unprecedented damage in one day. Denmark's Defense Command has released footage of the leaks, which shows bubbles at the surface of the Baltic Sea near the island. 
a Kremlin spokesperson, Dmitry Peskov said he was extremely concerned about the incident and the possibility of a deliberate attack could not be ruled out. The EU has previously accused Russia of using reduction in gas supplies as an economic weapon in response to European sanctions imposed because of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. However, Moscow denies this, saying the sanctions have made it impossible to maintain the gas infrastructure properly. For our second story of the day, North Korea carried out another banned missile test just hours after a visit by U.S. Vice President Kamala Harris. South Korea's military says two short-range ballistic missiles were fired into the sea off the North's east coast, it said, in the third such breach of U.N. sanctions this week. It follows a visit by Ms. Harris to the demilitarized zone dividing the Koreas. This has been a record year for missile tests in North Korea, and the latest launches are timed to send a message. Experts believe the launches are in retaliation to the joint naval drills as Washington and Seoul bolster their defenses of South Korea. The four-day joint drills are the first involving a U.S. aircraft carrier to be held since 2017. In a speech to the General Assembly earlier this week, Pyongyang's ambassador to the U.N. Song Kim criticized the U.S. and South Korea for their military exercises, saying they were bringing the peninsula to the brink of war. He said the United States' hostile policy towards North Korea was the reason the world was now heading to a much more dangerous phase. Earlier this month, North Korea passed a law declaring itself to be a nuclear weapons state. Leader Kim Jong-un vowed his country would never give up their weapons or engage in nuclear disarmament talks. The law allows the North to fire first in a wide range of scenarios. Until recently, it always claimed its weapons were a deterrent aimed at preventing a war. For months, intelligence from the U.S. and South Korea has suggested North is ready to test a nuclear weapon, but is waiting for the opportune political moment. For our final story of the day, India's Supreme Court has said that all women, including those not married, could get an abortion up to 24 weeks. The court ruling came on a plea seeking clarity on the amended 2021 abortion law, which listed several groups that did not include single women. The court said that all women, regardless of their marital status, were entitled to be safe and have a legal abortion. It said that excluding single women in a consensual relationships would be unconstitutional. Abortions have been legal in India since 1971, but over the years, authorities have made strict rules for who can terminate a pregnancy because of the abortions of millions of female fetuses, leading to a terribly skewed gender ratio in the country. Traditionally, Indians have shown a preference for male children over daughters. Last year, the government amended the Medical Termination of Pregnancy Act to allow several categories of women to seek abortions between 20 and 24 weeks. The list included rape survivors, minors, women with mental disabilities, women with fetuses that had major abnormalities, and married women whose marital status had changed during the pregnancy. And that was Connor Brown with your international news report. This is the local news, and I am Carly Murray. A 14-year-old was killed and four others were injured in a Philadelphia shooting on Tuesday. Officers responded to the area near Roxborough High School to find five victims. The four who were not killed are now in stable condition. According to Philadelphia police, a group of students were leaving a football game when multiple suspects confronted the group and opened fire. The suspects were caught on surveillance but have not yet been identified. Fourteen corrections officers were indicted for allegedly coordinating assaults on detainees at Edna Mann Correctional Facility for Women in Hunterdon County on Tuesday. The charges include accusations of conspiracy, official misconduct, tampering with public records, and aggravated assault. 
According to prosecutors, there was a violent extraction of several incarcerated women in January 2021 as retaliation for allegedly squirting liquids at guards. Two victims suffered skull fractures, concussions, bruises, bloody cuts, and boot marks. One woman was struck 30 times, according to the Courier-Post. Police are stepping up patrols after a historically Jewish fraternity house on the Rutgers University campus in New Brunswick was egged during Rosh Hashanah. This is the third time it's happened, with the last two times happening on National Holocaust Remembrance Day. Members of Alpha Epsilon Pi say they want the school to say clearly, this is not okay. Governor Murphy tweeted that anti-Semitism has no place in New Jersey. Last Friday, the Collingswood Mastery Charter football game was stopped after a shooting threat was received by local police. The game was canceled and evacuated, but no one was hurt. This is one of many shooting threats across the country this week. A funeral was held Thursday for a New Jersey high school football player who died from a game head injury. Linden High School sophomore Xavier McLean passed away nearly two weeks after suffering a traumatic brain injury in a game back on September 9th. The 16-year-old's team returned to the field over the weekend for the first time following his death and wore his initials on their uniforms. The team says that it's dedicating the season to Xavier and his family. The trial of a former NYPD cop charged with murdering his autistic son is underway on Long Island. Thomas Valva was just eight years old when he froze to death in January 2020 in his father, Michael Valva's, garage. Thomas and his older brother, both on the autism spectrum, were forced to stay there for 16 hours for urinating and defecating in the house. It was 19 degrees outside, and the garage was unheated. In opening arguments, Valva's lawyer claimed his client did care about his kids and blamed his ex-fiance for the punishment. New York State is trying to make it easier on folks to purchase electric vehicles. In a visit to White Plains on Thursday, Governor Kathy Hochul announced the state is adding $10 million toward a drive clean rebate program. Those purchasing electric vehicles could get up to $2,000 off per vehicle through the program. Meanwhile, Governor Hochul says crews just finished installing their 100th fast charger. They charge the vehicle fast and are scattered throughout the state at key interstate corridors. Patterson is cracking down on illegal ATVs and packs of riders who have taken over streets and sidewalks. Mayor Andre Saya is calling the bikes tools of terror that put pedestrians at risk of being run over, so he signed a law targeting illegal riding. It applies to ATVs, dirt bikes, mini bikes, and snowmobiles on all public property in the city. Patterson police are already seizing illegal ATVs, and now they've got the authority to sell the bikes or to destroy them. A level 3 sex offender is under arrest after allegedly attacking an elderly woman in Brownsville, Brooklyn. Police say Thomas Johnson strangled his neighbor in her apartment at 3 in the morning Tuesday. She was at one point unconscious and is being treated for numerous injuries. Investigators are trying to figure out how he got into the apartment. I am Carly Murray, and that was the local news. I'm Dante DiValerio with your Rowan News. Many cancer treatments like chemotherapy and bone marrow transplants are invasive and can have some severe adverse side effects. The NJ Commission on Cancer Research in the New Jersey Department of Health has awarded a $500,000 grant to Rowan University and will support research to help develop a less invasive and more personalized treatment option for pediatric acute myelogenous leukemia. The project will be led by Rachel Riley, Ph.D., an assistant professor in the Department of Biomedical Engineering. 
The research will be among the earliest projects undertaken in the new Virtual Health School of Translational Biomedical Engineering and Sciences of Rhone University by Riley, who has a dual appointment in the school and in the Henry M. Rhone College of Engineering. At the first ever Student Success Summit, campus professionals outlined resources available to students from success coaching and career advancement to tutoring, accessibility services, mental health services, and more. Utilize campus resources, don't be afraid to ask for help, take care of your physical and mental health, get involved, embrace learning, and find your why. Those were some of the takeaways for nearly 70 Rowan University students who attended the first ever Student Success Summit presented by Student Support Services and Accessibility Services. Ahead this fall are a host of other student success initiatives, including the Success Workshop Series with sessions focusing on self-advocacy, smart goals, personal finance, and other topics, Structured Study, twice-weekly study sessions that provide consistent, distraction-reduced opportunities for students to commit to academics, and the Student Mental Health Conference on November 15th, presented by Healthy Campus Initiatives. I'm Dante DiValerio. This has been your Rowan News. That does it for the first half of the Rowan Report, wrapping up this week's national, international, and local news. We are going to take a quick break. Up next, we have your weekly sports, business, and entertainment news. Stay tuned right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Welcome back to the Rowan Report. I'm Allie Bruce, along with the Rowan Radio News Team. This is Danny Ryan for the Rowan Report, with your news from around the professional sports world. Starting with the NFL, let's talk about the Pro Bowl, or what it once was. The NFL announced Monday afternoon that the league has decided to get rid of the typical Pro Bowl game ahead of the Super Bowl, subsequently introducing the, quote, Pro Bowl games. The full-contact all-star game for the NFL since 1951 will be replaced with the week-long competitions and a flag football game to cap off the weekend. These games will consist of football-related challenges and non-football-related challenges. With these newly implemented challenges, players will be able to enjoy their time off together in the offseason without risk of injury or lack of competitiveness in the games due to fear of a potential injury. The flag football game will be held at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas on February 5th and will consist of the AFC versus NFC format just like always. However, this time in flag football form. Continuing with the NFL, let's discuss the Miles Garrett situation. The Cleveland Browns' former number one overall pick and Pro Bowl defensive end was involved in a gruesome car accident Monday morning in an attempt to swerve away from oncoming wildlife in Ohio. In an article released by the Browns, the team announced that Garrett suffered a left shoulder strain, right bicep strain, along with cuts and bruises caused from Garrett's Porsche 911 Turbo S flipping over multiple times throughout the accident. Ohio State Highway Patrol also reported Garrett exhibiting right hand pain at the scene of the accident. Garrett was scheduled to rejoin the team ahead of practice Thursday without participating in practice ahead of their matchup Sunday versus the Atlanta Falcons. Kevin Stefanski, head coach of the Cleveland Browns, stated that he will make a decision based on his assessment of Garrett's condition, but did not rule him out for Sunday's matchup against Atlanta. Moving on to the MLB, let's check in on the playoff picture heading into the final two series of the season. Aside from the NL East, the division winners are set in stone. For the AL, the Yankees have clinched the East, the Guardians take the AL Central, and Houston ran away with the West. At this time, the Mariners hold a four and a half game lead for the final wildcard spot over the Baltimore Orioles. 
For the NL, the Dodgers have well over 100 wins, running away with the West just like the Astros in the AL. For the Central, the Redbirds got hot at the right time as the Cardinals clinched their division over the Milwaukee Brewers. For the East, the Mets still hold just a one-game lead over Atlanta in the closing days of this season, so expect that one to come down to possibly the final game. Looking at the wild card race, the Phillies are beginning to collapse out of the final wild card spot as the Brewers sit just a half game back at this time. In other MLB news, it has happened. History has been made. Friday night, September 23rd, 2022, Los Angeles, California. That is when and that is where Albert Pujols would hit home runs 699 and 700 in front of a packed Dodgers home crowd. Albert Pujols just became the fourth player in the history of Major League Baseball to join the 700 home runs club, hitting 14 of his 21 home runs on the year just in the months of August and September combined. Yes, you heard me right. On August 1st, 2022, Pujols had seven home runs on the season, 14 away from hitting 700 while receiving little playing time on the contending St. Louis Cardinals. Then, the impossible happened. The machine never disappoints. Moving from one home run chase to another, Aaron Judge has also made history this week, tying Roger Maris's single-season record Wednesday night in Toronto with Judge's mother and Maris's son, Roger Maris Jr., in attendance. Truly a special moment for the Judge and Maris families, along with Major League Baseball fans all over the nation. Once again, this has been Danny Ryan for the Rowan Report with your news from around the professional sports world. I'm Megan Steckler with your Roan Report business update. Wall Street is closing with stocks higher after the Bank of England announced it would buy bonds to stabilize its financial markets. The move brought stability to the British pound after it had tumbled to a record low against the US dollar. This is a major reversal in the monetary tightening policies that have been implemented by most central banks this year to fight inflation. At the closing bell, the Dow Jones Industrial Average gained 546 points to to 29 to 681, the S&P 500 added 71 points to 37 to 18, and the Nasdaq rose 222 points to 11 to 51. The majority of U.S. workers say that the cost of living is outpacing their salary. That's according to a new survey by Bank of America. It found that over 70% of American workers thought inflation was outpacing their pay in July, which was up from 58% in February. The poll also found that 80% of workers were worried about inflation, over 60% were stressed about their own finances, and financial wellness was at a five-year low. However, just around 20% of those surveyed said they worked a additional hours or search for higher paying jobs. This data comes as the U.S. continues to see high inflation with the cost of food and energy spiking around the country. The rise in home prices is slowing for a fourth straight month. The S&P CoreLogic Case-Shiller Index shows home prices cooling in July at the fastest rate in the history of the reading. Still, they are up about 16% from one year ago. Tampa, Miami, and Dallas lead the list of 20 cities with the biggest annual gains. Analysts say home prices are dropping because fewer Americans can afford soaring mortgage rates. I'm Megan Steckler, and this has been your Business News Report. And now it's time for your weekly entertainment recap with me, Karina Colon. Rapper Coolio is dead at the age of 59. His manager told reporters the rapper went to use the restroom at a friend's house on Wednesday afternoon and did not come out for an extended period of time. He was eventually found unresponsive on the floor and his friends called paramedics who pronounced Coolio dead on the scene. 
While no official cause of death has been announced, EMTs suspect he may have suffered cardiac arrest. Julio, whose real name was artist Leon Ivey Jr., achieved major stardom in the mid-90s. He sold over 17 million records worldwide and acted in dozens of films. A 17-year-old male is in custody related to the death of rapper PNB Rock. TMZ reports the suspect was arrested and police believe he was the shooter while his father, Freddie Lee Trone, is suspected of driving the getaway car. Trone is still being sought by authorities. Chantel Trone was arrested for the shooting as well and has been charged for accessory to murder. On Wednesday, a New York judge declared that singer R. Kelly will not only be spending 30 years behind bars, but will also have to pay roughly $300,000 to one of his victims to cover psychological care and medical treatment that she needs. He'll also have to pay restitutions to another victim, although a firm number hasn't been decided on yet. In recent years, Kelly's claimed he's low on funds, so whether his victims actually see a dime of that money remains to be seen. Actor Alex Baldwin could soon face criminal charges in the fatal shooting on the set of his movie, Rust. Reports say the Santa Fe District Attorney's Office filed a request for funds, so her office could prosecute up to four people in connection with the shooting death of cinematographer Helena Hutchins. This comes as the Santa Fe Sheriff's Office is preparing to release its final investigative report on the shooting. Hutchins was killed on the New Mexico set by a suspected live round that came from Baldwin's gun. Music superstar Shakira is being formally ordered to court for tax fraud in Spain. She's accused of failing to pay more than $14 million in income taxes. Last week, Shakira vowed to fight what she called false accusations by Spanish authorities. The next film in the Deadpool franchise is getting a release date, and a major comic book character is returning for the film. Ryan Reynolds posted a video on his social media announcing the movie is set for a September 2024 release. As Hugh Jackman passes by in the background, Reynolds asks if he wants to play Wolverine one more time, with Jackman replying, Yeah, sure, Ryan. It will mark the first appearance for Deadpool in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and the first time Jackman has played his iconic X-Men character since 2016's Logan. Lizzo stunned at her Washington, D.C. concert as she played former President James Madison's never-used crystal flute. Capitol Police officers guarded the 210-year-old flute as it was transported on Tuesday to the Capitol One Arena. The classically trained flute player borrowed the instrument on loan from the Library of Congress. It was made for Madison in 1813 in honor of his second inauguration. Jimmy Fallon and Jennifer Lopez are teaming up and writing a bilingual book for children. The book is called Compoyo, which means with chicken in Spanish. Fallon says it's a this or that book with readers learning Spanish as they follow a playful chicken. I'm Karina Colon, and this has been your weekly entertainment recap here on Rowan Radio. And that wraps up this week's edition of the Rowan Report here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. For the Rowan Radio News Team, I'm Allie Bruce. Have a great day. You've been listening to The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. Be sure to join us every Saturday morning at 9.30 for another edition of The Rowan Report, exclusively here on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM.